May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we are in the wilderness. That is, our theme this morning and for the whole of Lent is being in the wilderness. And in a sense, uh, that is where we've been for the last year. It's almost been a year now since uh, that first Sunday when uh, a fairly last-minute decision was taken to move church online. Um, And since then, uh, we have been in a wilderness. And it's when we spend time in the wilderness uh, that we can walk with Jesus. As Melody said last week, we can walk with Jesus in faith through our life. And in in this particular season, uh, that's what we're focusing on, what what we can reflect on uh, in this in this wilderness, in this desert land. And it's sometimes in the desert land, in the wilderness, that God can speak to us the most or work in us the most. Uh, So this morning's reading, um, it's kind of a classic one. If there were classic readings, you'd probably say this was a classic one. Uh, We get Jesus saying, if anyone wants to be my disciple, they need to deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Uh, which is a, a gift to the preacher because the title, the, 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 the passage has three uh, sections in it, so it's quite easy to craft a three-point sermon um, out of that, isn't it? Um, but it is a challenge. This is one of those passages uh, that you might put in the box if you have a box on your mantelpiece, if you have a mantelpiece even. Uh, you might put in your box of, of challenging verses. You wouldn't mind not being in the Bible. This might well be one of them. Jesus says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. So we've seen Peter has just declared that Jesus is the Messiah. And then we hear Jesus predicting and talking about his own death and talking about the way of the cross. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one who was waited for, the one who was to come. The one who was going to come and save all Israel, all people. Jesus is going to die on the cross. And so if we want to be disciples of Jesus, he tells us to deny ourselves, take up our crosses so that we can follow him. So I want to think this morning firstly about what it means to take up our cross and follow. What was the cross for Jesus? What was the cross for us? The cross is a symbol of and for the witness of Jesus Christ. And it works on so many levels, both as reality and as symbol. At a recent parish council meeting and our annual vestry meeting, there was quite a discussion about uh, if we remodeled the area at the front of the church so that the projection screen could be at at an easier level to watch, um, uh, where we would then put the cross. And uh, naively and stupidly, I didn't see that discussion coming. And I think the reason I didn't see that discussion coming is because I don't believe it matters where uh, we put the cross on the wall at the front of church. Because I come from a place of knowing that we won't lose the cross, uh, we might just move it somewhere else. And so to me, it does not matter if the cross is up high or on the left or on the right or in the middle. It's not a theological statement. Um, It just is. Because Jesus didn't say, you must deny yourself, put a cross up, at the front of your church and follow me. He said, you take up your cross and follow me. So don't mishear me, I'm not saying the cross doesn't matter. Absolutely today I'm saying it does matter. It doesn't really matter where on the wall it is. If you want the best picture, you wouldn't put the cross in the middle. You'd put it on one side or the other because it makes a better camera shot. 
Most of you might not get that, but I know one or two in the building here uh, will get what I mean. Uh, when you're filming, it's different uh, what you're looking at uh, to what you're seeing when you're in person and your eyes can take in more. As we think about the cross, we think about people who might wear their cross. Many of us uh, have a, a, a necklace um, with a cross on. People wear cross earrings. Other people will have a cross brooch or a cross badge that they wear on their jacket or coat. Other people will have a cross tattooed on them somewhere. Death by crucifixion was death by humiliation. If you're a Roman wanting to demonstrate your power and authority to people who may well be unhappy with the way that you rule, you can do it with crucifixion. People don't like being embarrassed, do they? And we see photographs in our newspapers uh, of people entering or leaving a courtroom and they always look pretty embarrassed. You sort of see them coming out of court like this with some paper over their face so the cameras can't see them. Imagine being judged guilty, whether you are or not, being sentenced to die, and then having to parade around the streets with a cross beam Something like the size of those railway sleepers. I have to get railways in somewhere. But the railway sleepers, the wooden things uh, that the track will sit on, uh, on the railway line. Uh, imagine one of those, holding that strapped to your back, walking through the streets of the town or city where you live. Every person you pass by, knowing that you must have done something really bad, wanting to die a thousand times already from the stares that you get from the people who you're walking by. The bystanders sending these daggered eyes in your direction. That's crucifixion. And Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Jesus chose to sacrifice his own life for the salvation of the whole world. He sacrificed himself on a cross, dying a human death. And in my head, and perhaps in yours today, you need to do some serious Olympic-style gymnastics to get to a place of thinking you or I could, take up, could give up our lives willingly. I think I would take every opportunity to get out of it if I could. Could I make a bargain, perhaps, or talk my way out of it? Is there any room for negotiation here? Could I perhaps live in captivity for a while and hope that they change their minds? I'd probably do a lot of things before I would choose to willingly surrender myself, my life, to the idea of being killed on a cross. But that's what Jesus had come to do. And so that is what he did. He made the sacrifice. He carried the cross and was later killed on it. And Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. And so the cross, a place of witness, 
It was a place where all roads led into and out of. We talk about the crux of the matter, meaning the cross, with the same etymology. Jesus predicting his death in the gospel stories. He tells people that he's come to die. And this is the point in Mark's gospel where he does that for the first time. We've just worked out who you are, Jesus, in Peter's words. And now you're telling us that you must die. Through that, he will draw all people to him. Because after his death and a short time in the tomb, he rose again. The cross is that point where Jesus said, it is finished. The gap between God and man is closed. Through Jesus dying on the cross, we are brought back to God. And so the cross testifies, witnesses, demonstrates God's love. Jesus' death and resurrection show us and all people that the grave has been overcome. But you probably know all this. You've probably heard this before. If you're a Christian, I hope you have. Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. So what on earth does that mean for us? What does it mean for you and for me to take up our cross today? Some of the early Christians actually tried to replicate Christ's passion and death. That was how they used the cross as a witness, as a testimony to Jesus. They copied him actually literally. If we look back at the martyrdom of Polycarp, which you'll find in early Christian writings, uh, Polycarp of Smyrna was persecuted in a way that, was resemb uh, that, that, was, that resembled how Christ was persecuted. And he said this about his death. It is another divine manifestation of the martyrdom we read in the gospel. The early Christians, and the, there are a number of martyrs there, we call many of them saints today, uh, that there was a, a, a real sense that you might actually have to die for your faith. And I've been thinking all week about this and thinking how far removed we are in uh, Western Canada in a safe part of the world where it's okay to believe what you believe and you know, the, the, the most uh, ridicule we're likely to end up with is someone cracking a joke at our expense. And they might crack a joke at our expense because they know uh, that we're gracious enough to take it. That's the worst, probably, that we're going to get here in BC. But for those early Christians, and for some Christians today in other parts of the world, they saw dying for their faith or martyrdom as something to strive for, sort of the high point of, of their Christian life. In the same way, we might have the perception that if someone goes to be a missionary overseas or if someone gets ordained into the church, um, th those are the kind of things that are, that are the high points of Christian sacrifice to us. Um, it was literally death in the same way Jesus died that they were striving for. But when Jesus says, take up your cross, I don't think he means for us it to be literal like that. It's not our context. It's not our time. What Jesus means is this. You need to put yourself to one side and you need to take me seriously. Take me seriously. And being serious about following Jesus will mean different things for each of us. 
But like the cross, it might be humiliating, but not always. It might feel sacrificial, but not always. It might be a witness. It will always be a witness. Being serious about following Jesus means we are always witnessing to the good news of Jesus Christ. And we witness or testify with our lives. Our humiliation when we stand up for our beliefs, when we let our beliefs shape our behaviors. Our sacrifice when we choose not to stay in bed, but to get up early on Sunday morning and commit the day and the week ahead to God. And we witness symbolically, wearing crosses, making the sign of a cross, having a cross on the outside and the inside of our buildings, on the walls of our home. As a symbol, it takes us back to Jesus Christ and the good news he is to all people. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. In the New Testament reading, we heard the, of Abraham and the faith that Abraham had. Following Jesus means stepping out in that same faith. Now, Abraham was nearly a hundred when he had a child. I'm not expecting we're going to see that in our church community. Um, but you, know, you never know. But that's the kind of outrageous faith that we're called to have as followers of Jesus. Jesus said to the disciples that day, will you take me seriously? And he says the same to us today. Will you take me seriously? As seriously as I take my task of dying on the most humiliating device that the Romans used for capital punishment. That's how seriously I want you to take me, says Jesus to us. I want you to put yourself to one side and to follow me with all that you have. And so as we journey in the wilderness, my challenge for you this week, if that wasn't challenge enough, but to try and put it in a real uh, concrete way that we can get our heads around, is to spend three or four minutes, the amount of time it takes to boil a kettle, to make your cup of tea or coffee, to spend that time thinking about what could be the new thing that I do today that is like me afresh taking up my cross to follow Jesus? What is the new way to put faith front and center that I can take today? Amen.